Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. So we say instead of questioning the source or going back to the Lord and say, Lord, I lay hands on someone and they didn't get healed. What's the issue? What am I doing wrong? What do I need to do? Instead of questioning, uh, Lord, I, I, I prophesied and something didn't come to pass. Lord, I, I, I want to speak in tongues in the Holy Spirit, but I'm not able to do that. What's the issue? What's happening? Instead of questioning and going before the Lord and asking him the reason for the breakdown, we just accept it. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, and welcome everybody here in the house of God today. Welcome our online community that are gathering from all around the world. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. Thank you so much for joining us. Go ahead and give God a hand of praise for our online community. Welcome so much, guys. We believe today you will hear a rich word from God that will change and inspire and equip your life. Thank you so much for tuning in. Well, on today, we're going to continue in the series entitled Fake Church. And this is part number 13. Boy, this has been a pretty long series. But we're going to continue in this series. If we get to part 200, I don't care. We want to continue until the Lord says, all right, it's time now to go feed in another pasture. We are the sheep of his pasture. And if he's saying we want to, he wants us to eat this green grass over here, then we're going to stay until every blade of grass has been eaten up. Praise the Lord. So let's feast on the rich word of God. Well, let's go back to 2 Timothy, third chapter, 2 Timothy, third chapter. We can almost uh, repeat this whole um, chapter. Well, we're going to read again verses 1 through 7, 2 Timothy, third chapter, verses 1 through 7. And it reads like this. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Verse 6, they are the kind who work their way or infiltrate into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings but they are never able to understand the truth. Again, we say that, we said last week, these women could represent, of course, women in, in the Bible often represent the church, but it is simply a people that are vulnerable because they have rejected the spirit of truth. They do not know the word of God, and so they fall prey to false teachings, false doctrines, or demons uh, who teach they fall prey to it. They don't know what God said. And again, I tell you, if the only place that you have gotten your theology 
is from entertainment. Boy, you will be mixed up, messed up bad. Messed up bad. Because there is some crooked and perverse stuff on the television, on the streaming platforms. Crooked and perverse, even video games and uh, teachings in our public school systems and in magazines and in comic books. Twisted and perverted doctrines are going on right now. And because people do not know the word of God, they do not know the truth. They are taking these lies hook, line, and sinker. And it's just not the truth. They have perverted truth. Truth is lying in the street. So that's why the Bible says in the last days, there'll be those who will reject the power of God, who is, of course, the Holy Spirit, rejecting the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of God. And these people, because they reject him, they reject his word. They have no idea what's actually going on. They're eating at the devil's table faring sumptuously and they will end up in destruction but this is why the god this is why the lord uh, calls the body to rise up in power in these last days now remember the fake church rejects power they reject the spirit of god they reject truth but the real church of the lord jesus christ receives the power of god receives the word of god receives and walks in the holy spirit so please remember that you must walk by and live by the power of the Spirit. Now, if you are a student of the Word of God, if you've read the Bible or at least listened to the Bible from Genesis to Revelation or know anything about it, you'll understand or that you can't, you can't help but come to the conclusion that God always works with his people with power. From Genesis to Revelation, he moves among his people in supernatural ways, in power. From the patriarchs to the, the prophets to Israel to all the way through the Gospels, of course, all the way through the works of the Acts of the Holy Spirit and the lives of the apostles, all the way to Revelation. The supernatural has always invaded the natural to bring about the will of God. That has always been the case. It has always been the case. But for some reason now in the modern day church, many say that God doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do that anymore. And they call that a sensationist um, theology, meaning that God has ceased to work miracles. He has ceased to speak among his people. He's not doing that. And many in our churches have bought into that doctrine. And what has happened is the enemy has robbed the church of power. You've been robbed. And it's time for us to receive the power that God has left us. Let me show you some wonderful words that the Lord left us here in the book of Exodus, Exodus 33. You can make a note of this or write this down. Exodus 33 Verses number 14 through 16. This is when Moses is talking to God after, uh, as he's about to lead the children of Israel out into the promised land, as he's about to embark on his mission. Notice what this conversation is here. Verse 14 says, the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. 
Everything will be fine for you. Verse 15. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people? If you don't go with us for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Your presence, your spirit sets us apart from everyone else. And somehow we've gotten that mixed up all around. We've got it mixed up, especially in the modern day church. Look at what the Lord said here uh, to the disciples in, in Luke, Luke 24. I want to see this, this similar, similar conversation here. Luke 24 verses 45 through 49. The Bible says that this, is, of course, after the Lord Jesus came back to talk to his disciples, he says here, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. Verse 49. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So the Lord said, before you go out, before you embark on your mission, you must leave with power. Moses realized that again in the Old Testament. Before we go out, if you don't go with me, if I don't have power, then don't let me go anywhere. The people of God have always embarked with power. You're known by power, not only by the things you do, but by the power and presence of God. That has always been the case. Look what the Lord told the disciples here in, in, in Mark. Uh, as the Lord commissions them here in Mark 16. Listen to Mark 16. We're going to do a little bit of reading today. Mark 16, verse 15 through 18. And it says this. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and, in, and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned or shall be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Who are them that believe? Those that are going forth in his name. Those that are embarking on his mission. He never intended you to go forth without power, to live without power. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall speak, or rather they shall take up uh, serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. One more. Let's go to John 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. The Lord says here, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So the devil has convinced the church 
that all of that is for yesterday. God doesn't do that anymore. There are some that argue that God did all these works in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, to prove to the world that their message was legitimate, that God was with them. Surely you should hear them because they have signs and wonders following. And so they argue because the church was just starting there in the book of Acts and in the New Testament, they needed the power of God to validate their message because Christianity was new. So God must have been there for that to happen. And they say, well, Christianity is is well established now. Everybody knows about Jesus. So therefore, we don't really need it. We can really, they know about Jesus, so we're going to concentrate on our church services now. We're going to concentrate on having exciting services. We're going to concentrate on having exciting messages, relevant messages. We're going to concentrate on and having great music and fun programs for the entire family. We're going to concentrate on our community outreaches and social services. We're going to concentrate on that. We're going to get political This is what we're going to do. We're going to affect the change in our culture. We're going to concentrate on having good revival services and and camp meetings. And they're really going to know that God is with us because of the size of our ministry, the, the size of our following. And we're going to have economic power. Now, all these things are not necessarily bad. But what happened to the power of the Holy Spirit? We focused on so very much, but not on the spirit of God. Another reason they say, well, well, God's not doing that anymore because they haven't seen the spirit of God operate in their lives. Their lives are crooked and perverse. And so the spirit of God does not manifest his power in them nor among them. And so because they have not seen the spirit of God work in their lives or around them, they say it doesn't exist. So the devil robs. And because it's spoken, this lie is spoken so loud, meaning the church just says, I guess that's the way it is. Because many times... We prayed and we didn't see anything happen. So we say, instead of questioning the source or going back to the Lord and say, Lord, I lay hands on someone and they didn't get healed. What's the issue? What am I doing wrong? What do I need to do? Instead of questioning, uh, Lord, I, I, I prophesied and something didn't come to pass. Lord, I, I, I want to speak in tongues in the Holy Spirit, but I'm not able to do that. What's the issue? What's happening? Instead of questioning and going before the Lord and asking him the reason for the breakdown, we just accept it. But the Lord never intended you to walk a day of your life without the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave his life upon the cross and he, he bled and he died and he rose and he went into and went into the heavens and he sat down the right hand of God. And he said, when I get there, I'm going to send you the comforter. And that comforter is the Holy Spirit. He did that so that you would not be powerless, broke down, broke or disgusted or defeated one single day in your life. But what has happened? We've settled for the lies. How do we know it's a church? 
Let's put up a cross. Let's get a lot of people around. Let's sing Kumbaya with each other. Let's rub up against each other. Let's help each other through difficult times in life. You know, stuff just happens. I'll be there for you. But what about the power of the Holy Spirit? Is nobody hungering for the power of God? They say, well, we don't need that anymore. Hmm. Aren't there still demons now? Aren't people still sick now? Aren't they still dying now? And the spirit of God is still needed. He's the one who ushers us out of a lifestyle of darkness, out of a lifestyle of sin. He's the one that crucifies the flesh. How do we say that we don't need him? Remember in the Old Testament, or rather here in, in Timothy, the Bible says that there will be a people that will reject the spirit of God. Reject power. But I'm telling you, saints of God, we need to cry out for the power of God. Because you were never meant to live one single day without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just for the apostles. It's for you now. Absolutely right now. But there comes a crossroad. And this is one of the ways that the devil has robbed us from the power of God. I want you to see this crossroads that takes place here in the book of Acts. Let's go to Acts, the sixth chapter. Acts the sixth chapter. This is one of the ways, and I'm going to show you another way, of how the enemy has so skillfully robbed you of power. Skillfully. Here's a crossroad that the apostles had to, had to travel. They had to make a decision. Let's look at this. Let's look at Acts, the sixth chapter, Acts 6. And let's look at verse num verses number one through four. And it reads like this. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek speaking believers complained about the Hebrew speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily dis distribution of food. My mom ain't getting the food. discrimination among the people of God. Can you imagine that? Surely it was not intentional. Verse number two. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Listen to verse three. And so brothers select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom, we will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Here's the crossroads. Is this a good thing to do? Yes. People were hungry. People were crying out. People in their fellowships. They needed help. The widows. That means that those who did not have support. Those who were depending upon the church. To help feed the community. To help feed the poor. 
They're among them. Was this a need? Yes. But were they, but were the apostles going to sacrifice the spirit of God to do it? Were they going to sacrifice the word of God to do it? See, here's the thing. We can get so wrapped up in good causes, so wrapped up in something good that we neglect the spirit of God. The apostle said, surely there is someone else. This is a good work. Yes. And someone else is called to do this. We are not called to do this. Our anointing is in this over here. So we're going to stay in our spot and we'll help you do your spot. But I can't do you and you can't do me. I cannot neglect the spirit of God. I cannot neglect the word and prayer. What happened in prayer? They communed with the Holy Spirit and he gave them wisdom and revelation. And what happened as a result of this? The word of God increased. Revelation increased. Signs, wonders, and miracles increased. They, and they greatly multiplied. Well, what would have happened if the apostles had said, all right, this is good work. Let me leave the spirit and go help take care of this over here and got out of place. There's a crossroads. You can be too busy. And you can be too busy doing someone else's job. You can become too busy. So busy that you neglect the word that you neglect the spirit. As a result, you will become weak just like anybody else. Just become like anybody else. They cry, you cry. They're fearful, you're fearful. All of that stuff, you'll be then subject to the beggarly elements of this world, subject to everything else. When God called you to be a king and he's made you to be a king and sit with Christ and in Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God, the Bible says that greater is he who's within you than he that is in the world. With him, you can do the impossible. You can lay hands on the sick and see them recover you can cast out devils and demons you can raise the dead the Lord can use you to do so many other things when you are in your right place but we can forsake our place forsake the spirit of God for something that's a good work surely it was needed people were hungry this was a legitimate need But the question is, will you forsake the spirit of God to do it? If God has called you to do it, then he's given you grace also in that place to still minister unto him. That's why the Lord told, he said, hey, find people that are full of the spirit. Full of the Holy Ghost. You understanding? So the devil can rob you because this is this is a good work. I've got to do this. And it's systematically robbing you, taking you away from your power. The Spirit of God is the power in the New Testament church. Let's go to Galatians. Let me show you another one. This is how the enemy is robbing us. 
robbing us. Galatians, the third chapter. False expectations can also rob us. False expectations. Listen, we've given you this example before. But if you go home and you turn your light switch on, you turn the switch on and lights don't come on. Most of us just don't go sit down and say, oh, well. Now, let me bring closer to you. If you grab your TV remote and, and you click the power and the TV doesn't come on, I doubt if you just sit there and say, oh, well. You're going to get up and you're going to be concerned. Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this coming on? Especially at Super Bowl time, you're going to get irate. Why can't I watch this game? My favorite program on. Why can't I watch this game? And you're going to do whatever you can do to watch that game. Even if you have to go over somebody else's house. You're going to make sure you see it. You're not just going to sit there and do nothing. But see, that's what's been happening. We've been praying. We've not seen manifestation. We've not seen the power of God and rather... Rather than seeking God, we just accepted it. And I guess it's supposed to be like this. When a powerless church that is actually unbiblical and unscriptural, you cannot find that in the word of God. God always walks among his people with his people. Even when his people were in sin, the hand of God was still with them, guiding them and directing them back to him. A powerless church is unscriptural. It's unbiblical. Will you seek for the power and presence of God? Galatians, the third chapter, as we begin to close. Galatians, third chapter. Look at this. This is another way the enemy's robbing us with, robbing us from the power that you are due. Galatians third chapter, let me read verses one through seven. It reads like this. Oh, foolish Galatians, who have cast an evil spell on you. For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? Start, after starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? Verse 5, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Verse 6, in the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. 
The children, the real children of Abraham, then are those who put their faith in God. What is happening? Why were they robbed of power? Because they're depending on their works and their goodness. They were thinking, I'm born again now, so I better do right because in my doing, I'll become perfect. I'll become more powerful in God the more righteous I live. The better I do, the more I abstain from sin, the more I stay out of the bed with somebody, the more I avoid the drugs, the more I avoid the cussing, and the more I come to church, the more I do this and the more I do that, then I will really grow with God and be very powerful. As a result of that, the Spirit of God began to leave because they became spiritually proud. That's one thing about the spirit of religion. It always compares, it makes you compare yourself to somebody else. Some of you have seen some of those old, we would say, I, I used to say old, but now I'm about the same age, so praise the Lord. You seen some of those older saints in, the, in churches many, many a long time ago? Some of those old ones that would, would look down on you and frown on you if you wore a certain kind of clothes. They would judge you because I'm this and you're that. That's the spirit of religion. It always compares itself to somebody else. It says, I'm better than you because I don't do this and I don't do that. That's the spirit of religion. It is always comparing, but it never compares itself to Christ. You see, because when you compare your walk to Jesus, you'll always fall short. God didn't call you to walk religiously. He called you to believe in his son. Now, when you believe in Jesus, as we're closing, when you believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, when you believe in his righteousness and what Jesus has done for you, when you believe right, you begin to think right, and you begin to walk right. You, be do, you begin to do good works not because you want to be good. You do good works because you are good. A tree is known by its fruit. Those who want to do good things in order to be good with God are like those who go to the supermarket and they pick up apples off of the display there and they go outside to some tree and they take their tape, their duct tape, and they tape those apples onto the tree. And then they look back and say, I have an apple tree. And people see those apples, those red apples with that silver duct tape tied to the limb and they understand that's fake and that's the same type of pretense that unfortunately some of the modern day churches have it's a faulty act it's a pretense it's not real they're pulling fruit from someone else's tree and calling it their own that's what that's what they call pleasurism 
pulling fruit from someone else and masquerading it as their own. When God has called us all to live by and walk in power, if you've heard nothing else today, you're not supposed to be weak. You're not supposed to be defeated. You're not supposed to be running from the devil. When you show up, he should be running from you. When you pray, you should see a manifestation of God. But when we don't see it, let's be like that man with the Super Bowl game who can't watch it at his house. Let's go seek his power. Don't just accept it. Let's seek after him. Now again, the old, the, in the last days, the Bible says that there will be a people who will reject the power of God. Rejection means ignore, can do without it. Doesn't bother them. But I pray that it bothers you today. Because if there was ever a time that we needed the power and presence of God, it's right now. Seek after him. Ask him to change you. You don't have to accept the things of this world. You go to a doctor's office and they give you a bad report. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept a faulty bank account. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to roll over and say, it's, 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 my life is just going to be this way. I guess I'll never be happy. I guess I, you don't have to accept that. Jesus did not give his life and die on that cross and shed his innocent blood and send back the spirit so that you could live an average life. You are an overcomer. So if that requires you fasting, and push the plate aside. If that requires you increasing your prayer time, then pray whatever it takes for you to seek the Spirit of God and receive from Him, then do it. Let Him be your thirst. Let Him be your hunger. Let Him become that to you. And your life will change. Don't let the enemy rob you any longer. Father, we thank you for the word you've given us today. And Lord, I do pray for all of our friends that are watching and all our friends that are in this room right now. I do pray that you would convict their hearts and that they would give their lives to you, that they would, I pray, Father, that they would repent of their sins and believe in Jesus. Because, Lord, this is how we are saved. As we believe in Jesus, repent of our sins as we make confession of Christ. Father, I pray today that you would make our hearts just hungry for you. Everyone that's watching, everyone that is listening, everyone in this room, Father, I pray that the conditions would be right for their true conversion. The answer is not in a prayer, it's in them believing and receiving what you've done. So I pray today, Father, that all those that are in this room, all those that are listening and watching from all around the world would put their faith in Jesus. I pray for my friends. 
I pray for your beloved that today would be the day that they would turn their hearts to you. In Jesus' name. And believe and receive the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, my friends, look forward to seeing you next time. We love you. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.